Hi everybody and welcome to Did You Bring Earplugs, a teeny tiny musical misadventure with me, Julian Suga. And who else is here? Michael is present. I'm supposed to say your last name. Okay, Michael Roanhouse <laughs> is present. Sorry about that. Sasha Atwell is present. Julian Van Overbeck is present. I like how we've all just fallen into uh, this thing like I'm taking role, but uh, I'm glad that you're all here, here and accounted for, that no one's truant, no one's tardy. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for attending class and bringing your materials. And today, what we're going to be learning about is uh, everyone's favorite Tiny Desk concert. Uh, I don't know if we have a specific uh, you know, seasonal reason for talking about this, but it, it, we all, I think, uh, enjoyed the Tiny Desk concerts quite a bit. And uh, we just wanted to talk about our favorites. Um, so... Why don't we get it started with Mike? Why don't you tell us about your favorite Tiny Desk Concierto? Yeah, so it was hard deciding, but um, I ultimately decided on Idol's uh, performance from last year. Real queen, creatine, and a bag of pure Roy King. A dosing man with a dosing tone from a dosing town and a dosing. Um, where they performed their 2018 album Joy is an Act of Resistance. Um, really high energy, like definitely one of the most high energy uh, tiny desk sets I've seen. Um, one of my favorite songs of theirs is called Never Fight a Man with a Perm, and it just has really brilliant, you know, punk rock lyrics. Uh, one of the lines is, even your haircut looks violent, and the song is just about fighting this very aggressive man in a bar. Um, their singer, Joe Talbot, is he is quite the character, um, cracks a lot of jokes throughout the performance, which are really funny, and... Uh, after uh, a good Jonas Brother joke, he leads into the song, I'm Scum, which is one of their best songs, in my opinion. They eventually start inviting audience members to come play the drums with them and like by the end of the set there's like five or six just employees npr employees up there in a drum circle <laughs> playing with them and just doing all sorts of uh zaniness uh, on the tiny desk performance yeah i it it feels like uh it feels like their energy is bigger than the the little tiny uh, performance space should allow. And they have, I, I didn't realize, like listening to their album, you wouldn't think that they're a band of that many people. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a lot, it's a lot of people. They have like yeah. two drummers, 17 guitarists, eight singers. <laughs> well, really just one singer, but yeah, I think everybody plays back up. And, uh, Obviously these are They've been, what I found surprising is they've been around since 2000, 
nine, but they only have three albums out. Mm-hmm. Um, this was their second album, which in my opinion is still my favorite album of theirs, but their new album, uh, Ultra Mono, is really, really good too. And it got good reviews. That just came out um, in September of this year. Yeah. Didn't Pitchfork and, and, not give it a great review? Well, I don't really care what Pitchfork says about punk music, <laughs> but in, in Britain, it was um, really well received. Yeah, they're they're really popular in the UK, right? Huge, yeah, huge there. Yeah, but it's one of those tiny desks where, like, if I'm in a bit of a slump or bad mood, I will go and turn that on and be cheered right up. I'm watching sure. it a lot this week, the last week. <laughs> yeah, well, you know why with everything yeah. going on. I I, I aspire to uh, have di- so okay so like in the long storied history of of uh, prominently toothed performers you, you have like freddie mercury who i think who i feel like had like a very protruding set of chompers whereas the guy from idols i just feel like his teeth are really long like he's like a whale like he doesn't so much have teeth as he has just like a grill of baleen that he uses to suck in gallons and gallons of water and filter out krill you know, to get his his allotment of protein as he's swimming along. At least five words that I don't know. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he got he has he has some real real big chompers, and and it, it feels like he has to open his mouth up so wide just to get sound past his teeth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, no, no thoughts on that, Mike. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. Uh, Sasha, why don't you continue our discussion? All right. So uh, I chose Lake Hillary 40s, Lake Hillary 47. God. Uh-huh. I say money. I got money. Talking. They always talking. That's your problem. You always talking. Rock star mixed with a ghetto chick. Try me. I wish a nigga would bitch. Oh, love. Who gon' hold us? Let them know. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not the cemetery or the penitentiary. Damn, my contemporaries. I'm too legendary. It's so money. I got money. Her performance, uh, which came out last year in March. I believe this was my first time actually hearing of her. Um, Though she was on, I know like one of her songs was featured on Insecure and I can't remember if that was before or after the Tiny Desk concert. But anyway, um, I just loved everything about this performance. Uh, Like there's a mix of singing and rapping. Like if you're familiar with um she's very much like no name mm-hmm. i think um who also has a really great tiny desk performance um and if you don't know no name well i can't help you um but <laughs> slightly uh, slightly less sleepy than no name yeah yeah for sure definitely um but yeah i love her band she introduces them as the tsa band because they're all wearing tsa outfits mm-hmm. um and just each and every one of them is like so talented and they're all just like clearly so like thrilled to be there. Like she, she's like, so like very earnest about how excited she's about being there. And, um, and like, (laughs) this is clearly like a very like, uh, white group of people watching this performance. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> NPR employees? What? Quite. Quite. Yeah, but um, you know they were they were kind and they tried to get into the spirit of it a bit. Um, but yeah, like if you'd never heard of her before, I feel like this is a really great introduction into her. Um, and, I, and obviously, Tiny Desk is just a really great way of discovering new music in general. Um, so the set list is Attitude, um, Drop In, CIAA, Let's Go Get Stone, which is a short, they do, it's a short cover of um, a Ray Charles song. Hmm. And uh, then I think they go into Girl Blunt and End With Money. Um, and I, I believe... Girl Blunt's on Insecure. Girl Blunt, and I think... I feel like one more of her songs is also on the Insecure soundtrack, but, um, but yeah, like I, it's just the vibe of the music is really like real jazzy kind of, but um, just like this great R&B feel to it. There's a lot of great bass. There's a lot of great drums and um, she has a really beautiful singing voice, but also is very like a very like, um, uh, like, I don't know if the word is I don't know if the word is distinct, but just like a very like sure fire rapper, in my opinion. But it feels like poetry, like a poetry slam. It's not quite like like Megan the Stallion or anything, but it's just very like um it feels like she's just like reciting poetry. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, like I just I really especially love Girl Blunt and Money. Mm-hmm. It's two songs she ends with. This shit is a girl blunt. I only smoke girl blunts. Listen, I suggest you don't try me. I'm real unstable when I'm off that YG. Uh, half a tele friends, don't mind me. I stand five tree and I'm real feisty. Uh, what I need, pretty nigga, palm trees. Got my own money, bitch, it's nothing. You can buy me, nope. Crooklyn, VA, we could take it there. But if they want smoke, we can put it in a L, y'all. This shit is a girl blunt. I only I just think like her confidence really started to come out during those songs and she was like looking in the camera and getting all into it and um and this is like at the point when she started to really interact with the crowd and um yeah I just I think all around she's a really great um part of the like female rappers like guys I think she's a really great addition to it yeah uh is it is it money or or the cover that the piano player sings on because I, I really i really love the, the piano player yeah. yeah he's he's great yeah um, um yeah and their vocals together too in that because he mm-hmm. sings most of it but she she adds a few harmonizing vocals to it and it's great mm-hmm. um yeah and and agreed that girl blunt and and money are yeah she she really ends it with a bang i have a question mm-hmm. though what is a what is a girl blunt <laughs> I was like, I knew you were gonna ask this because I was like, and I was trying to figure out like what exactly a girl blend is. Um, I I don't know. I I don't think I'm pretty sure it's not a blunt that smells like roses and candy. It's not. <laughs> Does it come out in pink swirls? You know, like when you see the smoke. That's not what it is about. I don't know. I think it's a rhetorical blunt for, for you know personally. Those are really those are really hard to smoke. I think she's making fun of the genderization mm. of objects like you know the big pens and everything that was a big meme on Amazon reviews. But she's saying she only smokes girl blunts though, so it's like mm-hmm. to her they exist. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
I don't know. Well, they do. I don't know. I would really like to know. I would. I would like to. I would like to smoke a girl blunt one day. You know, regardless of whether it's rhetorical or not. Maybe a girl blunt just makes you want to like scissor other girl. <laughs> Makes you horny, like that's <laughs> that's that's probably it. That's probably it. Uh, do do we know why is it Lakaley, forty seven? Why she wears uh, like a mask type thing? I don't know. Again, I don't know. Because I, I, I think that's a, a little more research today. But um, I, I didn't watch this video. But in, in searching for her tiny desk, uh, a, a video f- I think for money came up, and she's she's wearing like a a balaclava on on that one um so so, yeah i think i think she released a new single recently and i think like her new pictures actually have a whole face mask and it's Mm. still covering the top too Mm -hmm. so it's like just her eyes that's just her thing um she's a rapping ninja that's why she's 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 adapting to the to the times I i also really like her her sweater uh, the design of the mm-hmm. sweater in, in the tiny desk. It's it's hard to describe, but it's like it's like a little cartoony design. It's it's cute. Yeah, I thought cool. it was like Care Bears at first, but I don't think it is. Did not strike me as Care Bears, although I don't know if I would have recognized it immediately. Um, Maybe more like anime, yeah. but I don't know for sure. Yeah, it's a good performance. And speaking of Megan The Stallion, uh, that was my pick. My pick is uh, mm-hmm. Megan The Stallion's Tiny Desk concert from December of 2019. <laughs> Oh, you want silk shit? Hey, he said you all about money. Yeah, I'm on that cash shit. I, I don't be stressing about none of these niggas. When they be talking, I don't even listen. Telling me secrets, I probably forget it. But I'ma tune in when he say he gon' lick it. He told him send me a pic cause he missed me. I told him send me a stack if he really. I don't be trusting these chickens, they tricky. Send him a pic of somebody else's titties. I'm a finesse and I'm a fly dresser. Move to the top floor and pull in my dresser. My bitches hustle, make money together. Yo bitches burst and they flocking together. I can't decide if I want the new um it is boy it feels life like they <laughs> what life was different then <laughs> oh boy it was about to be oh God, no. um yeah we call december 10 2019 the pre-turning point um so let's see uh i mean megan stallion has had a very eventful 2020 and this uh was maybe uh, at the cusp of her really blowing up um, I feel like in 2019, she had a lot of, uh, like, blog buzz, um, but the general populace perhaps hadn't noticed. And it, it, it pains me to think that she's going to be written off as, like, like, a novelty rapper or remembered because of the controversy around, around WAP, but she's fucking got bars, like, amazing oh bars, God. and, and you, you really... I've I've seen live hip hop before and it can vary pretty greatly in terms of quality, uh, but Megan can bring it live and uh, mm-hmm. her tiny desk is certainly proof of that. Um, I also really like that uh, she. <laughs> what I'm assuming happened is she showed up to the to the actual performance space a few days ahead of time and she was like, "This just this simply will not do," and then brought in her own lighting effects. Um, and what's really exciting is that uh, that performance is the first time that she ever performed with a live band, which was, so, was which just came to her really so naturally. Um, and boy, just adds so much to the performance, especially uh, the two background vocalists. Um, it's a guy and a girl, and uh, they're just they're amazing. Um, a couple highlights from that performance are "Cash Shit," which uh, she says is her first platinum single. 
and uh, the song "Fucking Round," which uh, the majority of the vocals are taken by. Uh, I- I'm not sure if he's her like permanent uh, like background vocalist for her tours, or if he was just part of this um, performance group. But he sings it, and it's very funny. <laughs> It's funny, but it's real, you know? Don't ask questions if we just sexing. I got situations, no confirmations. Everybody wanna know who making dates in. That depends on whatever the date is. I got me a European poppy out of Italy. And he liked the model, but he always let a picture of me. Uh, so the, this Tiny Desk was, I guess, part of a, like, I think a four concert, uh, like, Tiny Desk Fest series. And uh, I think they brought in uh, a larger number of people. Uh, and, and um, at least from the ones that I've watched, it's one of the only ones that cuts to the audience from time to time. Mm. And it was really funny because, so we've already touched upon the fact that it's like a very white audience. Um, but the first time they cut to the crowd, you only see white people. And it made me like a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and then the second time they cut to the crowd, you're like, oh no, it's a more diverse audience than that. And I was a little relieved <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I don't know, just can you imagine being a performer of color standing in front of just a room, like a very intimate room full of, some very white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to yeah. got to put you off a little, at least a little bit. Um, but it's just it's just a performance that's full of bravado and humor and just like more energy than I think you usually get in a in a tiny desk concert. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, she alternates between being very like not self effacing, but very uh, like seeming very accessible and just like very happy to be there. And then she'll go into a song and like her songs just like just ooze confidence and swagger. Um, and it's just it was very it's very nice seeing the the duality of Megan. Um, and yeah, I just it, I can't recommend it enough. It, it was it was funny because I, I watched a lot of Tiny Desk concerts. Like I, I went from like basically through the whole back catalog. And that was the one of the first ones that I watched because it's, it's semi recent. And I was like, well, that was great. And then it was really hard to, to, to watch some of the other ones because, you know, that it's they're usually much more mundane affairs. Or not mundane, but sedate affairs. Um, so, yeah, Megan was the, the forerunner and it ended up taking it for me. Uh, I can't believe that her band, that was her first time playing with a live band because they all look so in awe of her that entire performance. <laughs> especially the bass player he's like man he's vibing on her lyrics so much like you can see him like reacting to it like at times every time you can to like one of the band members they're just like blown away by like the caliber of performer that she is and like being a performer myself watching her and like that breath support and like i mean like her hip-hop like still there's like notes to hit like there's Mm -hmm. It's not just like quick words, you know, she writes some like really difficult stuff and she's incredible at delivering it. Yeah. And, and, and to my memory, there's never a part where she's like, (gasps) you know, like like some people do. Uh, And and it's, it's really funny that you say that Jillian, because I was, I was reading the description of the video and part of the description says like Megan is well known for twerking during her sets. And I guess she even said after the fact, she's like, she's like, yeah, everyone's always like concentrating on like, you know, my lower half, but she's basically says like, yeah, I do a lot of work to be able to perform live uh, and make it, you know, make it good. 
well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she was she amazes me the way she can dance and dance too when she performs. I think like her SNL performance, she does mm-hmm. a bit of choreography, and yeah. it's like. And she's yeah. twenty four. Oh she's twenty four years old. I cannot believe that. <laughs> Ridiculous. I cannot believe that. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> god. Yeah. Oh my god, I suck. Honestly, I, I feel like if she was touring this year, she would have. She would be blowing up even yeah. even more than she already is. Absolutely. Alrighty, Jillian, why don't you finish up our discussion of our favorite Tiny Desk concerts? I will. Um, my pick for my favorite Tiny Desk is um, Lucius's performance from 2013. Um, I still can't remember how I stumbled upon this. I was probably just like on YouTube back then, but, um, I watched that tiny desk and I could not believe my ears. They're so good. They sing their asses off in it. Um, the two lead singers have like, um, I don't know, quite a little kitschy thing going on where they like dress up the same with the same hair and the same outfit, every single performance they do. So they're not related. no, not related. They look very different. I mean, like mm-hmm. genetic-wise, but um, but musicianship-wise, they're all incredible. They all met at um, Berkeley College of Music in Boston, um, and I think they all studied just like, I mean, basically Berkeley is like learning how to write pop music and produce that, and they're great products of that institution. Um, the first two songs don't usually go together. I don't think they're even matched up together on the album um, but they start out with go home and they go into don't just sit there and that's probably one of my favorite songs ever They don't break in between that. They kind of like use it as a, um, I don't know, part one and a part two. And Mm -hmm. I just love that performance. Just even the first half of that tiny desk is my favorite. I don't like, I still think they're really good at Turn It Around and Genevieve, the the other two songs. But um, the first two songs in that set list always kill me because I just cannot believe how hard those girls can sing and Mm -hmm. how blended they are together. Um, Just one of my favorite performances of all time. Yeah, no, that that's why I I asked about them being related because their their voices um, sort of uh, as they're going sort of like blend into one another and then they'll start harmonizing and then they'll blend into one another and it's mm-hmm. yeah they they seem really in sync they have they have big twin energy yes mm-hmm. ete <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I so I, I I I watched that performance today and when it first came on I was like. Ugh who are these Amish looking motherfuckers in the background? 
<laughs> with their suspenders and their, I don't know, uh, horse-drawn buggies um, that I'm assuming were sitting just off screen. Um, but yeah, no, they, they're, they're really beautiful performers vocally. Um, and then I just, just sort of browsing around their, their like YouTube channel and their Spotify. They, yeah, they like to be very, uh, their aesthetic is a little more avant-garde than I think their music is, but I, yeah. I, I appreciate the steez. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I agree. I don't think like their music as a whole, like I couldn't even recommend a whole album, like mm. no offense to them. Um, but the songs that I love of theirs, I love of theirs. Yeah. So it's like one of those like uh, difficult artists where you're like, oh, you should listen to them. But if you do, only listen to these songs because yeah. the other ones are going to throw you yeah. off. I can't yeah. vouch for anything else, but these two songs, solid yes. gold. Uh, the the one part that I that I, I was getting a little impatient with was I think it's before maybe the last or the penultimate song. And they're like mm-hmm. trying to determine which song they're going to play and what one of them, what percussion one of them is going to play. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> you got to plan this out ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like sometimes they try to like bands in general, try to plan that out um, beforehand, not like plan out a little bit of banter. Oh, we should just like decide who plays it in the moment. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No one needs to see that. Yeah, like if, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like a festival or something, but yeah, yeah. I think for a traditional live performance, yeah, like if people are there to see you, but yeah, mm-hmm. like you could, if you know, if you're being a little more cynical about it, you could say that a tiny desk is like a good launching launching pad to get more listeners. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just like, all right, guys, <laughs> I, yeah. I only have so much tolerance for this cutesiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. But a, but a compelling performance overall. I, I was I was skeptical at first, but yeah, they really drew me in with with the with the vocals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. All righty, folks. So that's going to do it for our discussion of our favorite Tiny Desk concerts. And before we get to songs for the week. We got some listener mail from DYBE superfan. Yeah, folks, he's still alive. (laughs) Andy, last name withheld. (laughs) This is a letter called Favorite Score. Friends, my God, I'm so flattered to be called out for my fandom of the podcast. Another fantastic episode in the books, guys. Well done. (laughs) It's probably predictable knowing my significant other and I uh, were... Oh, uh, and I, where we went on our honeymoon, but my favorite score has to be Howard Shore's Lord of the Rings. Concerning Hobbits, that's a a track, uh, was even featured in our wedding and often makes me cry on its own. I've loved this score for years, uh, but some of the videos that I've watched about it uh, gave me an even greater appreciation for Howard Shore's talent. Love y'all, Andy and Alex. Wow. Mm-hmm. 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 We have the best fans, or what? Have the best fan, indeed. Uh huh. Um, so, so I, I, a few of us were at Alex and Andy's wedding, and I did not realize <laughs> that they played a song from Lord of the Rings uh, during that wedding. Uh, yeah, I really? believe that was the song she walked down the aisle to. Wow, that song yeah. beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It's great. It is a beautiful. Of course, story. I was like sobbing the entire time. Yeah. You know, I, I I respect that because you know it's it's a be- probably a beautiful piece of, of orchestral music, but if you're gonna put a Lord of the Rings song in your wedding ceremony, 
Why not it's have? It's gotta be may it be from Anya, right? <laughs> well, that, that, and how are you not gonna have your ring bearer do like a Smeagol impression, like you know, like just sort of like you know, b- bounding down the aisle, like. like... <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Andy, next time you get married, really Lord, really Lord of the Rings it up. Yeah. Stringy hair, loin cloth, the whole, the whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah. Um, Liv Tyler shows up for some reason. You're like, oh, she's not very good. Um, all right, folks. Every, <laughs> every week, uh, we recommend a few songs that we've been digging for the past two weeks in a little segment we like to call Songs. Over the week. And let's start from the top once more. Mike, what do you got for us for your song for the week? Yeah, so um, I decided to pick another uh, Idols song off of their latest album called War. a really interesting song it's a little different than like their poppier tracks or catchier tracks but it still does have really catchy guitar hooks and the audio has this effect where it kind of winds down and it makes it sound like there is a uh like a bombing plane that's dropping altitude ready to attack so it kind of heightens the lyrics to the song war um, so that's something you put on, like when you light some candles, you run yourself a bath, you know, you <laughs> sprinkle some rose petals on, you put Idols War on just to really give yourself a stressful bath time situation. Can you imagine yeah. just like flashing it on? Like, Why is there water everywhere? <laughs> Mike, it's leaking <laughs> out of the door. <laughs> Better if, you know, you're really trying to scar your elementary students and uh, have them, you know, climb under their desk, you can just play this song. During the, <laughs> during the wartime practice. Oh my God, that's so morbid. Mm-hmm. What the hell's wrong with you, Michael? <laughs> Lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where shall we start? No, uh, but yeah, that's about it. Just uh, check out Idols, check out their last two albums, uh, Ultramano and uh, uh, Joy is an Actor Resistance. Good, good albums. Cool. Sasha, what do you got for us? Uh, my song for the week is a song called Mustang by Barty Strange. exactly how i heard of him i think it might have been through pitchfork um i i think like his album was named best new music and then i hadn't listened to him after that but then like he just popped up on my discover weekly literally like the next day so um this comes from his debut album called live forever um i read a little bit of 
the Pitchbook album review, and it basically talks about his upbringing and his place as like a black indie artist in a very heavily white space. Um, the album is really great. And he also has this really, really good cover of Mr. November by The National. Mm-hmm. He actually has like mm-hmm. a few covers by The National. Um, yeah. And they're really, they're all really good, but this one in particular is like really, really good. Um, it's about the song itself. It's kind of like your typical indie rock song with some guitar and synths in there. And it, I would say, like, if you haven't heard him, he kind of a, a little bit reminds me of Car Seat Headrest, like maybe the song in particular. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Um, Mustang by Far Too Strange. Cool. I can't wait to check that out. Um, so I only have my not within my wheelhouse recommendation because I, I don't know. I just nothing's nothing's really nothing's been hitting me like you know right in the right in the heart heart butt. Uh, so my song for the week is Hit It and Quit It by Funkadelic. from their 1971 album Maggot Brain, um, and it's, uh, which was the final album recorded by Funkadelic's original lineup. Um, sadly, the band basically uh, deteriorated after the release of that album, mostly due to drugs and money, mostly drugs. Um, but Very it's just, fun. it's a fucking wild album. I mean, so I, I was reading the Wikipedia article about it, and apparently, I think... Uh, when it came out, there was a, a reviewer from the Village Voice talking about the B side, and they literally just said, "Who needs this shit?" Um, and it, to their point, the B side is very experimental and very like just very strange. But the A side has some real jams on it. Um, uh, Hidden Quit, I believe, is the second or third track on the album. Um, it's mostly just repeating that phrase but just you know with a progressively funkier and more kind of rocking uh backing track to it um it's just a it's like a good song to drive to you know because you like you get in the groove a little bit and you just like you can you can sing along with the chorus um there's it has that great um sort of gang vocal or like party vocal background uh performance um it's just a really fun song. Uh, good, good for you know, for curing what ails you. Uh, yeah, hit it and quit it by Funkadelic. Jillian, Ooh. nice. Yeah, uh, my song for the week is Blood Oath by Expedia. We made a blood oath, said we swore we'd do it better. Maybe it was wrong to say. We would always stay this way I hated you for walking away And honestly I'd do the same And we weren't always telling lies I'm sorry, what was the artist one more time? Exes and a collaboration with Petey. It was just a really good sad song. 
if you need to cry a lot, <laughs> listen to that song. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's really good. It came out in February, uh, pre-pandemic. Um, <laughs> Pre-pan. <laughs> I've listened to a few other exes songs in the past, but I haven't like taken a deep dive at all. Um, but PD, I strangely know from TikTok. He's like my favorite TikToker. He's maybe hearing that entire app. He's so fucking funny. Um, and then I found out that he's also a musician too. So um, I like had a really hard time taking anything he wrote seriously mm-hmm. because of how I was first um, introduced to him. But this song is really incredible. So that's my song for the week. Nice. I'm assuming exes get get their name from um, the George Strait song "All My Exes Live in Texas," uh, formerly co- formerly covered on uh, "Did You Bring Your Plugs." Nice yep. back. Nice callback. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, callback. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode, folks. Our theme song, as usual, is brought to you by Josh Stanley of the band Modaf. You can listen to their music at H. Nope, I'm not going to say that whole thing. M-O-D-A-F-F dot bandcamp dot com. I should just delete that whole first thing there because no one <laughs> reads the HTTPS anymore. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at D-Y-B-E-Pod. And you can email us, like uh, number one superfan Andy, at D-Y-B-E-Pod at gmail dot commercial. All right, folks. Uh, anything you want to leave our listeners with as they venture off into the wilds of November 2020? Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Stay in drugs. Stay home, too. Don't do school. Stay home. Stay at a home. With drugs. Stay in school, but stay at home. With drugs. With drugs. All righty, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.